Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. He'll hit Corey Watson with it. He'll sidestep one tackler and gets to the 20. Corey Watson inside the 10. Touchdown, Eskimo! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. You heard that total. A big thank you. $157,000. Heart Pledge Day to help the Mazinkowski Alberta Heart Institute. We've been broadcasting live there throughout the day. Thank you to everybody who contributed. We, we really appreciate it. My name is Reed Wilkins. This is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chad, Oilers traveling back from San Jose today. They will play the Nashville Predators tomorrow night. That is going to be a devil of a matchup for your Oilers. 5.30 face-off show here on 6.30. Chad, the game will start at 7. The Oilers had their three-game winning streak slap, uh, snapped last night. San Jose slapped and the Oilers around in the second period. Four goals. They went on to win the game 5-2 to discuss some Oiler-related topics. And who knows what else. We welcome back to the show our weekly contributor, former goaltender, now with the NHL on Rogers, Kelly Rudy. Kelly, how are you doing? I'm fantastic, Reed. It's a busy time of the season for all of us involved. And so uh, trying to get my rest when I can, if that's at all possible. Yeah, right. Well, that's that's the challenge, isn't it? And that's as a player, you probably you know. Were, did, would you sleep on the plane when you played? Were you an afternoon napper? What did you do to try, try to stay energized? I definitely was a an afternoon napper. And uh, the funny thing is, the older I got, read the longer I could nap. Like I early on in my career, if I got half an hour, an hour, that was plenty. And the last few years, I was getting. <laughs> Two and a half hours uh, afternoon nap. So I don't even know if you call that a nap or a full-fledged sleep. But uh, but I could never really sleep on a plane, never. And to this day, I still can't, which is terrible considering my life. And uh, so I've got to try and get my sleep. Just like the players, get your rest when you can and make sure that uh, you're not... I guess for me, it's not so much my body because that has no bearing. But my mind has to try and be somewhat clear. And, and that's a real challenge. Well, the Oilers might have gone to sleep a little early in uh, two games in Southern California on the weekend. A late lead almost blown against L.A., saved by a goalie interference review. They finally had one go their way, and then obviously they did lose a lead in the last uh, 21 seconds against Anaheim before winning in a shootout, which we got to see a great overtime as a result, but the, but the Oilers would have preferred to win it in uh, in regulation time. I mean, look, when you when you see that happen on back-to-back nights, Kelly, and, and the way the season the, the way the season has gone for the Oilers, do you look at that as, as just a weird fluke? Is that is that again something between the years that this team is dealing with? I know Todd McClellan said he they got to be a little more poised in those situations. What did you think? 
Well, it's uh, easy to say try and be more poised, but when your season is full of negativity, it's awfully difficult to look uh, for reasons to be positive. And usually when you're looking for poise, you're looking for reasons why uh, you can have poise. And oftentimes it's because you've defended well, you've uh, survived a scare or two, you maybe bent a little bit, but you didn't break. And so I just think that when you give up a lead, if there is carryover if you don't handle it properly. And it's, it's, it's not only a, a team that's struggling, it's good teams. Like last night, Reed, I don't know if you had a chance to see the uh, winnipeg Nashville game, but same sort of thing. Winnipeg had a 5-3 lead with less than 10 minutes to go, and Nashville scored three goals in regulation to win. And the first thing I thought of was, boy, I wonder how Hellebuck is going to handle that because he's had a fabulous season, but when you get rocked like that, you can't ever tell how an individual player, how the team might react, or you personally, if you've gone through it. You can only hope that you handle it properly and that you find the wherewithal and the mental strength not to allow that to creep into your mind. But until you get through it, I mean, it's a challenge. It's no different than uh, a goalie that gets pulled. The next game, he wants to guarantee that he plays well and it lasts a full 60 minutes. But I, I, I can uh, guarantee you also that going into that game, that's the number one thought he has. It's about make sure you don't get pulled again. Well, and speaking of guys going through bad times and wondering when something's going to go their way, I mean, we got Lucic now up to a 27-game goalless drought. Uh, I know you had a broadcast last night, but he had an open net with the Oilers down 3-1 in the second period, hit the goalpost, and then to make matters worth, 16 seconds left, uh, San Jose scored to make it 4-1, and then it was pretty much lights out. I, I mean, it's it's it's... It's amazing at this point that he's gone that long with scoring. He hardly even has any assists during that time. And I know he was brought here because of his maturity, his veteran presence, his experience in the playoffs. But I mean, you can you can see it. You, you can just see it on his on his face how he reacts to plays, how much this is weighing on him. Absolutely, and isn't that funny? Sometimes, uh, and I've said this, I've been criticized for saying it, but I stand by it. Some guys care too much, and I think that Lucic is in that category because when they don't contribute, they, they feel so bad, and they feel bad about themselves. They feel bad that they're not helping because they understand how important they are, and it really negatively affects them. You know, I, I played with a guy, and I don't want to say his name because he's a really good guy, and I wish I could have maybe had his approach to the game uh, more than mine because I cared a ton and I beat myself up boy after a loss and if I didn't play well for a dinner stretch where I wasn't playing well and kind of like Lucic and I had a, a teammate we lost at home and I was really down on myself and really mad and this guy came on the bus and uh, he sat there reached into his uh, travel bag and grabbed a book and started reading, reading like not a care in the world and I was furious with them. And then it occurred to me weeks later and uh, still to this day that maybe that's the approach. You know, you're kind of carefree. It bothers you. It affects you. You're not happy if you lose. But you know what? There's there's tomorrow's game and, and I'll be better tomorrow. And, you know, sometimes you look at guys that have that approach and maybe that's the right one. But, you know, there's certainly honor and respect with a guy like Lucci that really, really cares deep down and want to be an impactful player every single night.
I, I know you were a goaltender, but would you talk to a player with an offensive slump or as a goalie, anything you could do to help him? I and mean, you don't want to start letting him score on you in practice or, or warm-ups, but would you get involved in anything like that? Yep, sometimes. If I really found that he was down on his luck and uh, moping, I talked to him about that. And uh, you're right, you, you can't give him free goals in practice, but what I would do is I would stay out extra uh, in practice and I'd get him to start shooting on me and not shooting just to hit the net and to get shots, but to actually score. And I'd force him to really shoot just as he would in a game because I think from time to time, guys in practice don't pay attention, they don't bear down, and, and that's, a, that's, that's not a good thing. You have to, when you're playing National Hockey League and you're in practice, every shot should feel as though you're trying to shoot on Glenn Hall or or uh, Patrick Waugh or somebody. You've got to bear down and make sure you get those great chances because it's only habit forming. So yeah, I would do that. I found it somewhat necessary. Now what I wouldn't do is I wouldn't comment on the power plays. I thought those guys were talented. They're creative. I'm not really involved in the power play. They do whatever they want with the coach's involvement. But the other thing is special teams for sure I'd get heavily involved in the penalty killing because I was a big part of it. Kelly Rudy joining us on Inside Sports. Another moment in that Oilers game last night. Early in the second period, it was scoreless. Uh, Evander Kane with the the hit from behind on Benning, who who went down, no penalty. And then then to make matters worse, uh, about four seconds later, uh, San Jose scored, and and they completely controlled the second period. So, you know, we don't know if that would have happened anyway or not. But, uh, you know, I uh, I don't think there's much debate that the arm should have gone up there. There is a lot of debate is uh, about how the Oilers should have handled it. Certain Benning uh, came out with a little bit of uh, anger and edge for the rest of the period. Um, I again, Lucic is getting criticized. Should have he grabbed the Vander Kane or or somebody and done something about it? How do you look at that type of a situation, um, Kelly? Physicality, intimidation, aggression—always going to be a part of hockey. But we know there's far less fighting and retaliation than there used to be. Also. Yeah, that's right. I, I'm. I think I'm like everybody that watched that play. I'm torn. Uh, first of all, uh, immediately the referee should have called a penalty. Um, so, that, having said that, he didn't. So the play goes on, and so I don't think at that point any anybody could have retaliated in it anyway. I don't think anybody could have left their position and gone to challenge Kane simply because the play is alive. I believe the score was one nothing Edmonton at the time. It was early in the second. So you've got to let play continue. But I would have preferred to see somebody do something later on. I know, as you said, Denny came out and he was more aggressive the rest of the game. I mean, he's got a good, aggressive, uh, slightly dirty side, which I like. And so I wasn't surprised that he had an edge after that. But at some point, maybe when you're down uh, like they were in the third period, I definitely wouldn't have minded if somebody went after Kane. Although... Keep in mind, he's a he's a tough guy. I mean, you're going to go send a message to a guy that can stand up for himself pretty well. Yeah, Kelly, great to have you on the show. Are you headed to the outdoor game here? Yes, I am. I leave. Uh, I get home late tonight. Stay at home tomorrow, and I leave thing uh, Friday morning. I'm going to uh, DC for the outdoor game, which is going to be absolutely awesome. I'm so looking forward to the the, the stadium and the whole atmosphere. Right on. Well, enjoy that, Kelly. We'll find out how it went. We'll have you next week. Okay. 
That's Kelly Rudy checking in tonight from the NHL on Rogers. You can check in by texting 630-630 or calling 780-496-0063. Want to remind you that some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken now open Wednesdays. That's today. Don't miss the five-course, five-bench creek brewing dinner on March 5th. Tickets are just 50 bucks. More details at northchickenyeg.com. Visit them in person, 124th Street, 107th Avenue. We'll check your NHL scoreboard when we get back. We have a lot coming on tonight. Uh, we'll talk to some people back from the Olympics. Curler Mark Kennedy, figure skater Caitlin Osmond, who got two medals in South Korea, and uh, another special guest as well. Inside Sports on Chet. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, hopefully we see the Nuge back in action on this five-game homestand that starts tomorrow against the Predators. NHL action tonight. Islanders trailing the Canadians 2-1 halfway through the second period. Barzell got his 18th for the Islanders. Lightning up 1-0 on the Sabres in the second frame. Early in the first, no score between the Wings and the Blues. Coming up later tonight, Colorado home to Calgary. That's a big game in the playoff chase. And the Rangers will visit the Canucks, the Rangers, here on Saturday night to face the Edmonton Oilers. That's going to be a late one, 8.30 start. Bretsky texting in. He says, uh, Hi, Reed. I have to say that you and Rob Brown are as entertaining as Jake and Elwood in this down year for the Oilers. If I was the Don, I would get you guys a 1974 Dodge Monaco, Ray-Bans, Fedoras, and a gift certificate for four chicken dinners to go, and you and Rob could take the show on the road. <laughs> Bretsky always comes up with some good texts. Uh, Kelly, I, uh, Kevin, I appreciate what you wrote in as well. Kevin said, Kelly Rudy is the best guest that you have on. Well, we love having Kelly on every week. A uh, good storyteller, always has some interesting insights on the game for sure. 780-496-0063, Brian is standing by. Hello, Brian. Hello, Pete. How are you tonight? Good. So, it, uh, you know, this refereeing is really starting to bug the heck out of me. Uh, I mean, this year... And it hasn't just been the Oilers games. I mean, I've watched more of the Oilers games, but the refereeing is atrocious all year, all, all, all over all the games, it seems. And there's, I, I, I would challenge that if we took penalties out of the game, the Oilers would have a winning record. Well, I think, what did Bob say yesterday? They were going into yesterday's game, they were plus one or two at even strength. You know, it, it's it's and and when there's no pushback, I mean, I'm sorry, I I was around for the '60s, I was around for the '70s, I was around for the '80s. You know, yeah, you had the bench clearing the brawls; those weren't all that great. But the thing is, the players still policed themselves, and I I would venture to guess. I mean, I've got no proofs, I've got no statistics about this. But I would, I would be close to saying that I'm almost 100% positive there were fewer serious injuries back then than what there are now. And though, back then, they played, a lot of players played without helmets and a lot without face masks or visors and that. I mean, but they knew that should they take liberties with one of the star players, there was going to be hell to pay. Mm-hmm. 
there isn't that anymore. And now the referees aren't even really protecting, the, you know, not just the star players, but any of the players. I mean, that was a blatant check from behind. Well, it was. I mean, and, and, yeah, I mean, we talk, we talk about the players uh, having to police themselves. The, the first job to police the game is is the official. And he didn't. He, he made a mistake. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. Made a mistake. Well, and, and, and I get it. They're human. I, I, I get that. But, you know, I mean, there was, there was another cross-check that Edmonton got called later on in the game, and it, it wasn't even remotely close to being as bad as Evander Kane's cross-check on Benny. And he gets called. And, and the player didn't even, the player got pushed from behind, or nudged, I'm going to call it, went down to his knees, got immediately back up, and kept skating into play. And yet there's a cross-checking penalty on that. There's just there's no rhyme or reason nowadays with any of the calls. It's, it's like the goaltender interference. Yeah, we finally got one after how many challenges? Brian, i got to get a couple other guys in, but I appreciate your passion, buddy. Okay. Elvis, i got about a minute for you here before i got a break. Go ahead. No worries. I just wanted to say... Uh really quickly that last night uh okay he misses the call he should have he should have blown the whistle right away because uh, obviously he was uh benning was in trouble uh second thing Rita, i just want to put in your mind really quickly i got a bunch of toronto maple leaf fans that are freaking out they don't think that matthews wants to play there i'm curious to see what, see what you got in who said yeah, that i'm serious bunch of guys that i work with they're freaking out saying he probably wants to go back to the States. I don't know. Oh, people, I don't know. People, people always worry about that. I mean, just like, you know, McDavid's going to go play in Toronto when he's a free. I mean, who knows? I don't know. I haven't heard that. Thanks, Elvis. Okay, take care, bud. Okay, and I'm going to get Chris in here before the news. Uh, Chris, I'm sorry we're tight for time, but I'll give you about 45 seconds. Go ahead. No, perfect. P- perfect read. Only one question was just, why does it seem like McClellan never loses his marbles a bit when there's a call that goes the wrong way. I always see him standing on the bench after, you know, there's a, I don't know, a challenge that doesn't go his way, or even last night when a guy obviously just gets his bell rung from behind and he doesn't do anything. Um, just kind of curious on your thoughts about that. Honestly, Chris, I I, I guess, I, first of all, I, I think somewhat that's his personality. I mean, you got to remember everybody's different. I also, here's the thing, would it help? And how many coaches do you see doing it that it makes a difference, right? Well, Jason, okay, here's the thing, Chris, just to play devil's advocate, Jason Moss throws his headset, and all I get is calls the next week that Moss looks like an idiot. Todd McClellan does nothing, and people calling in saying Todd McClellan's a wimp. Like, which way do people want it? (laughs) No, you're right. You know, you're, you're darned if you do and darned if you don't. It just seems like... Nothing happens when he doesn't do anything. So I just was kind of curious that maybe maybe it would help if he lost it once in a while. Well, I, I agree with you. You, so, know. I, you know what? Talbot did that post game. If maybe if Todd said something like that post game, maybe that would initiate a phone call from the league, and then he could say, "Well, since you called me, <laughs> right?" Yeah. Thanks, yeah, Chris. Gotcha. Yeah, thanks. Okay, quick timeout. We're back after the news. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. So Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports. So Dave and I are talking, and 
athletes are getting back from South Korea from the Olympics, and, and Dave and I say, well, let's pick a day where maybe we can get two or three people on, locals who, who are at the Olympics, and talk about their experience, uh, whether they won or lost, what went right, what went wrong. So we got curler Mark Kennedy coming up in half an hour. Obviously, it went wrong for the Canadian men's curling team. Caitlin Osmond, two medals in figure skating at the Olympics. She's going to be on the show tonight. And then Dave said, yeah, I'll, I'll get you somebody else. Um, so I don't, I don't know what the deal is here because all he has on the on the sh- on the guest sheet is Jay from Athabasca, which doesn't ring a bell. There's no notes if he won a medal or not. So I guess I'm just going to go into this interview blind. Jay from Athabasca, welcome to Inside Sports. It's real funny, but here's the thing: Dave would never call me. He would never acknowledge my existence. So that whole story is a lie. <laughs> Why? There's no rift between you and Dave Campbell. Yes, so. Dave Campbell and I have had problems with each other for quite a while, in fact. And, uh, you know, the entire listening uh, audience might as well know it. Uh, your producer, Dave Campbell, and I don't get along. And uh, that's why Dave would never call me. And uh, to be perfectly honest, it, it hurts. It's hurt me for a long time. Uh, and... Uh, I guess I just would like to know why, Dave. Why do you feel that way about me? You know, um, I feel like I really supported you throughout the years. Uh, your Edmonton Eskimos broadcasts, I think you do a terrific job. Um, certainly uh, think you're a wonderful guy. But for whatever reason, you've had a bias against me for a long time, Dave Campbell. And uh, at some point, it's all going to come to a head. There's no question about it. All right, well, thanks for getting that out in the open. Wow. Yeah, no problem. Okay, well, have a great night. It's nice. And, uh, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll hold, talk to you again soon. Well, hold on, you're not done. Oh, wait. It's oh, a n- oh, nice oh, spark oh. to start the interview there. Of course, oh, it is okay. It is our old buddy Jay Onright uh, on oh. the line, Athabasca native, back from That's South Korea. What, what's going on? What, how, when did you get home? Uh, I got home on uh, Saturday night. And... Uh, Still suffering from a lot of jet lag. I'm not going to lie, lie to you. It's, uh, I read somewhere that it takes uh, an hour, what is it, a, a, a day for every hour time difference. So it was 14-hour time difference for me out in Toronto. So uh, so I'm going to be, uh, basically I feel like I took peyote. Have you ever taken peyote, Reed? I know Dave Campbell has. Oh, come on uh, now. Probably two decades ago, Dave Campbell and I, and this might be the source of our of our uh, rift, uh, Dave Campbell and I were in Vegas together. Oh, come on now! And uh, and as as often happens, uh, you know, you you get into some stuff in Vegas that maybe you wish you who you wish you hadn't gotten into. And in our case, that one weekend it was peyote. And Dave and I went into the desert and had a pretty crazy experience. Yeah, th- this and is this is mortifying for people that actually know Dave Campbell. What? <laughs> No, this is the real Dave Campbell. Okay. This is what the people want to know. This is this is what the listeners on six thirty Chad want to know. This is the real Dave Campbell. So, anyway, that's how I feel right now. I feel like I took peyote. That's that's how this uh, jet lag feels. But it was a wonderful time, man. Um, Tian Chang did a great job. Great Olympics. Lovely people. Venues were first rate. Um, obviously, the Canadian team. You know, there was some uh, some ups and downs, uh, but certainly overall, the medal count was was the best ever, and uh, you know, I think it was a pretty successful game. What what did you eat over there, Jay? I, I you know I know you did some segments. Uh, apparently, people would just walk up to Dan O'Toole and start feeding him, 
and, and I believe well, that was me. Well, that, yeah, <laughs> that was I, just you I feeding that. Yeah, yeah, that was that was all me. Yeah, no, we uh, we've been doing that for for a few Olympics now. Uh, we did it in Russia and we did it in London, and uh, so we thought, you know, we got to bring it back. And so so we gave Dan some pretty bizarre stuff. Um, um, some 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 anchovies covered in peppers. Um, a lot of dried fish, a lot of fish, and uh, and stuff that he just wasn't happy about. Um, the the thing he liked the most was uh, the banana Cheetos. Actual and and just as it sounds, think of it, Cheetos, but flavored with like bananas. It it doesn't sound like it should work, but it really did. They were very tasty. Um, I think the food over there was first rate. I think Korean food is. Um, for me, I, I love all t- types of food, but I, I was probably Korean food was, was lower on my list, so I just didn't have the experience with it. I was probably a little intimidated by it, to be perfectly honest. And uh, getting over there and just experiencing it, um, I, I'm now I'm like addicted to it. I, I, now I, I live very close to Koreatown here in Toronto, and I want to uh, start to explore all the restaurants here. Um, I, I thought it was just first-rate food, really wonderful. And like I said, the people were so friendly, just so so wonderful. And the the country's so clean. Those, as my colleague Dan O'Toole pointed out, it's the cleanest country in the world that has no garbage cans. I don't know if people just uh, take their garbage and put it in their pocket because they're ashamed, and then get home and dispose it there. Um, but but there's no garbage cans. But it is a it is cleaner than Canada, uh, if that's possible. It is it is super clean. So okay, yeah, wonderful time. Wonderful. Now, on, on one of your social media accounts, you speak. I want to get back to the food. You posted a picture of silkworms being prepared in frying pans. Like, did you eat them? Are silkworms no. a common edible item over there? What's the story? Yeah, I think they are. But but no, and and we were actually at a fish market. Um, I don't know if that makes any difference, but um, but yeah, it was just a. Uh, oh no, you know where we were for the silkworms? We were at the DMZ. That's right. We were we were at North Korea basically. We went to the demilitarized zone. It's very touristy. You go up into a. Uh, there's a few different points you can enter because the the whole border is 250 miles long and four miles um, wide. Two, so you know they basically backed up two miles. Uh, one way and two miles the other way and said, all right, we're going to keep an eye on you from here. Um, but we went out and kind of the most touristy part of the DMZ uh, right along the coast, and you basically just go up to an observation deck, and, you know, the, you, you look out and you see, okay, on one side of the, the one side of the observation deck, that's North Korea, and the other side is South Korea. And, yeah, they had those silkworms there, and it was a little uh, felt a little bit like Indiana Jones, but uh, I did not brave the silkworms. I, I just couldn't do it. I, I can only go so, so far. You wh- know who would have eaten those silkworms? Dave Campbell, <laughs> okay. after about three handfuls of peyote. Now, did they scoop the silkworms and just eat them in a spoon? Do they put them, like, do you have, like, a silkworm sandwich? Do you have, like, silkworm toast? What What is it? Why don't you ask your buddy Dave Campbell? Well, no, you saw it! Silkworm expert? I don't know. I have no clue. I... I, I walked by him, I saw it, and I said, that's interesting, and I kept going. And I went to try to look for Kim Jong-un. Did you find him? What would no, you say if not. you met Kim Jong-un? Just, you know, I'd say, like, you know what, man, just just relax. You know what I mean? Like, just take it easy here. All right? Like, if you make one false move, you're, you're going to get blown off the map by the Americans. So I don't know what you're trying to prove here. And the funniest part is, you know, just talking to... 
people from South Korea about, you know, do you, are you concerned about your neighbors to the north? They, they don't even think about North Korea. They, they, I think they just think it's a big joke, basically. And, and I read a very interesting article. This is serious, because I know I've been joking a little bit throughout this interview. Not completely. Like, some things I've, I've said were true, like the Dave Campbell peyote thing. But most of the things I've said have been in jest. But I will say that I did read an article in the New York Times that said that, um, that South Koreans in general, young people in South Korea do not want to reunite with North Korea anymore. Not because uh, they don't consider them uh, their people, but because they don't want to go through the economic uh, hardship that would be involved having to uh, basically uh, get them caught up to capitalism, if that makes any sense. So, um, so it's funny how, you know, uh, the whole concept of reunification is such a romantic thing for older people in Korea. But for younger people, it just seems like a big pain in the ass, financially. Right. Okay. Jay Onright joining us on uh, Inside Sports, co-host of Sports Center with Jay and Dan on TSN. So you're over there, you're, you're doing the show, you, and you got to interview, like, did you interview every uh, medalist? You got to interview, t- okay, what are, what are uh, Virtue and Moyer like? What were they like to talk to? Everybody wants to know. Just the nicest people on the planet. Just the, the most genuine, sweet people. Uh, give an example. They uh, obviously they they'd won their gold medals, and they you know so they won two sets of gold medals. They won for the team skate and they won for uh, for the ice dance. And uh, when they won their ice dance medals, that was the one that everyone was sort of focused on. Um, you know, obviously everyone wanted to talk to them. They were the the poster children of the Canadian team. They 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 were the flag bearers. Um, everyone's wondering if they were dating. Uh, Dan and I were very conscious to not ask them if they were dating because I, I, I literally everyone had asked them that and it was getting annoying. But um, when they walked in, the first thing Tessa said to me is, "How are you doing? You must be exhausted." And I said, "What are you talking? I just sit here and ask people questions and read highlights. So you've been, you've done seven hundred interviews today. Uh, that's the kind of people they are. They're 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 um, very genuine, uh, very considerate." And, and very, uh, very real. Um, I think they're wonderful representatives uh, for athletics in our country and, uh, and around the globe. No question about it. And I think they're going to have an incredibly successful career professionally. They, they were an absolute treat. But we got to interview basically everybody. Um, our first interview was Mark McMorris uh, from Regina, the, the snowboarder who had the devastating accident just 11 months ago. Uh, nearly lost his life. Um, yeah, you know, uh, snowboarding in the backcountry in Whistler, managed to rehab in time to win uh, the bronze medal, um, uh, and and just just an incredible story. Just a lovely guy, and and you know, for everyone from him, uh, Heather Moyes and uh, Alicia Risling and the bobsled, wonderful people. Uh, I just can't say enough about John Morris and Caitlin Laws who won. Uh, gold in the mixed doubles curling, just the, just the best people. I'm trying to get them on the Amazing Race Canada. Wouldn't they be a great, uh, great pairing on the Amazing Race Canada? Those two, and uh, so yeah, just, just had the best time. Interviewed uh, just tons of wonderful people, and uh, and it was it was a very worthwhile experience, no question. Jay, it's it's great to have you on the show. I, in all seriousness, I know Is you've that been. It? That's the end. Yeah, I'm. Uh, <laughs> well. I, I do have other guests. I mean, we got Mark Kennedy coming up. We got Caitlin Osmond coming up. We got a big show. Ever people want to complain about Lucic more? I got to read some of those texts. 
Oh, is this about uh, that he didn't uh, go after Vander Kane? Well, that's part of it. Not scoring in 27 games kind of factors in as well. It's sort of, sort of just a big, uh, you know, yarn ball of items now with Lucic. Yeah, man, that's a bummer. I was so excited when they got him. You know, I thought that was such a perfect fit. Um, yeah, you wonder. Yeah, and, and, and could any, would anyone take on that contract? That's the problem. Well, you can't trade it. He's got a no move. Why would he uh, wave it? Yeah. Well, he might. He might want to get out of it. You know, maybe he wants, maybe he's not okay. happy anymore. Maybe. Quickly here before we go. Uh, Esk okay. Fan Glennie writes in. He says, Jay and Dan are the tragically hip of broadcasters. The U.S. didn't get them, and we love them. Love your show. That's from Esk Fan Glennie. And uh, this texture says, Reed, Jay wrote about an East Coast baseball trip with you in his last book. Was that account true, or did Jay embellish his stomach issues? Oh, God, he did not. <laughs> It's not embellished, was it? No, I didn't embellish that. I didn't embellish that story about Dave Campbell uh, taking peyote in the desert, either. I don't All right, embellish well, any... Uh, when I'm away in the summer, you're coming on with Dave, and you guys can can settle your differences one-to-one. One. You know what? That's a perfect forum to do it. Publicly, uh, not on face the radio, to face. on the legendary mighty 630 chat. I think that's a great idea. All right. Your signed Ryan Jesperson mug is in the mail. Thanks for coming on the show, perfect. buddy. Can't wait to get it. Thank you. That is Jay. All right, check it in uh, tonight on Inside Sports. You never know where it's going to go, do you? Th- that gives us an off-topic topic for tonight. To text 630-630. The uh, strangest food, most unexpected food, like silkworm, like dog, some of the things we heard out of South Korea, strangest or most unexpected, most disgusting food you were ever exposed to or offered, did you eat it? And if so, how was it? You can text 630 630. Kellen Kennedy's reaching for the air sickness bag. It's 648 <laughs> Inside Sports on Chet. Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Asking on the text line, most unexpected, most disgusting food you've ever been offered, maybe traveling, maybe, I don't know, somebody you didn't know serving it to you. Uh, this texter says, when I was 15, my mom made me eat broccoli and it was terrible. <laughs> ah, I love, I love you guys. Just make me laugh. Shane writes in. My wife thinks the NHL is a league owned by billionaire friends. Daryl Cates came out of nowhere and won McDavid fair and square, so now the owners banded together against the Oilers, hence all the ridiculous calls. What do you think? Well, I wrote back to Shane and I said, your wife should write for the X-Files. And uh, Shane has now written back saying, haha, so funny because that's one of her favorite shows. Though I'm not overly impressed with this 11th season. Not that great. Oil 10 says, Reed, Connor's production per 60 minutes, 2.33 goals with Lucic, 3.52 goals without. It appears Dreisaitl has the same decrease. Once Nuge returns, Milan needs to be on the fourth line or watching to mitigate the damage. Todd says he wants to win? Multiple question marks. That is from Oil 10. Uh, that's a, a fair tag. I mean, look, Lucic is just, it's mind-boggling. I mean, talk about an X-File. You could have Mulder on that one for weeks trying to figure out what's going on. Like, it looks like there's a force shield around the net when he shoots. Wide open last night, goes off the post. 
27 games for a guy who's usually been automatic to get 20 to 25 goals, stuck on nine with 19 games left. And I'll say this to you as well, Oil 10. I'm kind of on the fence about that goals per 60 minutes stat. I understand it's trying to show rates and show frequencies, but no one plays the entire 60 minutes, and there's a reason a coach divides up the time as he does. So I don't know. I don't know. But good text. Geo says, hi, Reed. What would happen if penalties were three minutes rather than two? Would it make players change their ways? Maybe it would make for higher scoring games. Many thanks. Geo, I don't think they would ever lengthen the time of a penalty. I think if they were going to make a drastic change like that to increase power play goals, they would simply say that the player does not come out of the box if a goal is scored. That's how it was back uh, when in the 50s, before the Canadians' power play would just decimate teams. So then they said if you score a goal, you get to come out of the penalty box. Montreal up 3-1 on the Islanders. That's now early in the third period. Lightning lead the Sabres 1-0. That's second intermission. After the first, Red Wings and Blues are scoreless. Flames and Avalanche yet to start. They uh, get going in about 40 minutes, and the Rangers will take on the Canucks in just over an hour. You can text 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. Speaking of Dave Campbell, our Eskimos uh, color analyst, the Eskimos have signed international defensive back Buddy Jackson. Fifth season in the CFL. He's been with Calgary, Saskatchewan, and BC. Little depth in the secondary. He will be turning 29 in uh, four days. So a little bit of experience, uh, probably some depth. I wonder what's going to happen with Marcel Young as a bit of an aside. I've never been a huge fan of the way he plays. I was talking to my dad this morning. I I like to talk to my dad after something controversial or explosive happens in a game. Everybody's upset about the, the Benning missed call. And I, I've talked about this before with my dad. He he thinks video replay should be scrapped. He would just get rid of it. He doesn't like the delays. He says players make mistakes and we debate them and, and live with them. Why do we have to do, put in video replay and slow down the game to try to get every call perfect? Now, he didn't like last night's call. He says some mistakes are worse than others. But then he got off on, a, on another little tangent about this, and he felt that was a very dangerous play, Kane on Benning. And my, my father said this, and I, I respect my, my father's wisdom. Sometimes he has a very unique take on, on watching sports. And my dad said, regardless of where you are on the ice, you should not be able to put your stick against another player's back, as in a cross-check. And, there, and he said, if you think about it, if you are behind a player... You have been beaten or you have lost position. So why should you be able to try to regain an advantage by hitting the other player in the back, even if it's not uh, even if it's not a hard hit? Cross checks out front of the net, in front of the net, are often allowed. And my dad says, no, the, if the offensive player has got that position, the defensive player should not be able to cross check the offensive player in the back, even if it's 10% power to try to move him out of that spot. He should have to maneuver back into position doing it that way. So I, I thought that was uh, pretty interesting coming from my dad. Clearly that was a dangerous play last night. Clearly should have been called. No, I don't think there is a conspiracy against the Edmonton Oilers. Though who knows if those calls keep happening. You can keep texting 636-30. Mark Kennedy. He said, hey, if I win a medal, I'll come on you there. We'll come on with there when I get home. Well, he didn't win a medal, but he's going to come on anyway. He's after the news. 
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.